Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. I got a funny feeling that you might even have heard the intro this week through a microphone with intro music. I hope. You never know. One show after a suspension. He just dropped the ball again. But uh, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. That's exactly what you get, especially with a drunken, bearded, 'er ne'er-do-well as a producer i'm doing the air quotes thing check out everything we gots to offer over at chaos and disorder on twitter chaos and disorder pod on facebook and something about a gmail asylum fantasy sports.com for the archives it is chaos and disorder pod at gmail.com do we ever get emails on Tons chaos and disorder pod Tons at of gmail. Them. And they say why does rick flieger always forget the Gmail account, oh. which we so diligently write to. Do, do they feel it's slighted obvious. by me? Pardon me? Do they feel slighted by me that I disrespect the mailbox? I think they used to. Now it's just more or less they think you're a boob and just forget about well, it. Well, if that's how you're communicating with the masses, then that's why they feel that way, because all you do is besmirch my good name any chance you get. I don't have to say anything. So you, you say- do it yourself right on these airways right I, here. I don't think so. You it's do. Just, I, it's, it's your email box. I want to give you the shine. That's what Wait we do. Wait a minute. Do. It is chaos and disorder pod. At gmail.com. Right. Aren't you part of this podcast? Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I'm the I'm the talent. I can't right. be bothered with such things as talking to these mouth breathers and communicating See, with them or any of the administrative they just stuff. figure you're a boob. I don't think that's what they think. I, I think they understand. Well, Look, it's, I'm putting you're, it mildly. You're, you're the approachable one. You're the, the Twitter I am troll. The sweet one. And the, yeah, that's your thing. I'm more the, the talent. You can't get at the talent. You know what I mean? So it makes sense. Thank Andy in the. In well, the, I would have you quit oh. patting yourself on the back. There you go. Don't give yourself Yay! a cramp. Thank you to Andy Frampton. You can find him. At Bronco Swanson on Facebook and the old TikToker. And of course, at Real Rival Lovers for the great music. Find them on Bandcamp and on YouTube and Twitter at Real Rival Lovers. Well, they're everywhere. You, you, you still betcha. big into the band camp now? Is that still a thing for you? That's always a thing. For I'll, me. Always been. Thing you know, I, I'm I'm Mr. Loyal. M- loyal to band camp. Loyal to whatever I like. See, this is why we never hear you. So you deny it, and you're sitting here going like this. I, I listen to the, show. I listen to the shows. You don't. I don't. This and I awful. never have a hard time hearing my golden pipes. That's, <laughs> I, 
Uh, nah. <laughs> not he, not he off the shakes top of over the show. there. We're, we're still in the family hour. There could be children's listening, so I'll, I'll leave that joke in the holster. Remind me later, though. Maybe I'll throw it back out there. Nobody wants to hear it So, anyway. Rick, I'm given to understand there was a golf tournament last weekend, and some people were rather excited about it. So I hear. Yes, it was the second major of the year, the PGA Championship. And we'll have a story. Oh, you know, we have from a story. our favorite journalist coming up in a little bit. But Phil Mickelson set the record at the age of 50 and some odd months, whatever it is. But he's 50 years old and he won the PGA Championship. And quite frankly, um, you know, you don't think. Especially from that era. You know, you always say, well, it was Tiger and Phil, but it was always kind of like Tiger. Right. right? You know? But, um, you know, I tell you what, to his credit, Phil Mickelson joins the great Lee Trevino and Nick Feldo with six major titles, which uh, that that ties him at 12th place in overall all-time major championship. So this guy's right up there. I mean, he's won – Three Masters, one British Open, and two PGAs now. Can't get that U.S. Open now. Has not got the U.S. Open yet. As a matter of fact that you brought that up, there are five players all time that have won the slam. You know, all four majors. The career slam. Career, yes. Okay. Can you name them? Oh, it's got to be Tiger. Yes. It's got to be Arnie. No. No? No. All right, so Tiger, Jack. Yep. Feel free to chime in there, Alejandro. Tiger Jack, who won all four. Watson. No. Trevino. No. Trevino never won the Masters. Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, And Tom Watson never won the PGA, which is Arnold Palmer never won the PGA. No kid. Yep. I give up. Of course, Jack, Tiger, Ben Hogan. Oh, well, yeah. Two, two Masters, four Opens, one British Open, and two PGAs. Gary Player, three Masters, one Open, three British Opens, two PGAs. And Gene Sarazen, the old squire, one Masters, two U.S. Opens, one British Open, and three PGAs. I don't think so Phil's going. Go. I don't think Phil's going to get a U.S. Open. I mean, this was. I, I don't either. This, this was like the kind of the one shot deal. Because I got to tell you, when he raced up into the lead on Friday, I remember thinking, "Cool story. That's nice. He'll finish t forty five. You know what I mean? And right. The fact that he kept this going, it really was a cool story. I, I don't know if it says more about kind of the the legion of younger golfers we have now that we're so enthralled when an old timer like phil pops up and does this and it becomes a national story or it's just on its own because it's phil mickelson why it was so interesting but and we'll get to kyle porter soon while this is being treated like a seminal moment in u.s history well i mean in his defense i mean if you look back you don't remember the 86 masters but certainly tiger woods is what was it 2019 masters granted it was a master so it's that that much more special but you know, those two guys at their age, you know, through the adversity that they had winning um, those majors, yeah, I mean, I can see why they were rather thrilled with it. I mean, you know, here's this guy's going to, he's 50 years old. I mean, it just doesn't happen. 
And no matter how much better condition these guys are, and I was actually amazed at his body transformation, yeah, quite he, frankly. He doesn't look like the same guy no. whatsoever. And so, I mean, yeah, as far as that goes, I didn't mind that part. What really bothers me is the crowd itself. Whereas, you know, even from 300 yards away, you know, in the hole, you the man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, cheer on a great shot. But, I mean, he could have shanked it in the hole. Well, you yeah, know. That, that's just a thing now. It's dolts trying to get their voice on CBS. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's all it really is. Uh, uh, that's a couple things that, that stuck out to me from this. And the first one was the crowd. Only be, especially at the end, you know, coming coming down eighteen, there must have it looked like there were seventy thousand people coming down there, and I think that block of wood Kepa Kepka actually bitched about that. At some oh, point, I have that he? story well, here. Then, as well. then we'll we'll save it for that. But I remember afterwards thinking about how happy I was. It didn't dawn on me the size of the crowd and the amount of people together and that maybe all this nonsense and craziness is over. It, it, it just it didn't even right. dawn on me in the moment, and it was cool. Yeah, I yeah. remember when things first started, you know, they'd let 10,000 people, and I think, man, it's so weird to have people back in the building or people back on the course, and this time it didn't even click with me. But I, I got to tell you, that course, the USGA needs to pay attention. Look, right. I get they have natural advantages being out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean in terms of making it a challenge, but that thing – was beautiful number one yeah it was so punitive you had to shape your shots you had to play the right way but it was in no way did it feel like it was tricked up at all they just went out it was a good hard course a good hard layout and created a a major where without the the course being tricked up without any crazy weather or anything the winner was at minus six and kind of ran away with it almost at minus six that's how we'll get into and when we get to U.S. Open week, I'll bitch incessantly about how they tricked the right. course up. That course, I, I'd never, to my memory, watched a tournament there before. Wow, it was great to look at. Nothing was a given. Nothing was a guarantee. These guys struggled on it, but it was fair if you hit if you hit you know fairways. If you hit greens, you could score. What what a great place to hold a major. And, and courses like that are. Just like you said, they are so fair because it could be maybe three under to thirteen under at any given week right. could be the winning score, but that's all reasonable stuff. Right? There's nobody twenty six under. There's nobody eight over leading. Yeah, and so forth. I, I can remember Wingfoot way back. I think Hale Irwin won it. He was like six or seven over par. Yeah, I mean, for seventy two holes. I mean, these guys are better than that. And some of these other courses where they shoot 30 under, they're not that good. I mean, yeah. the course just isn't just, you know, I, I, I'm i with you. I mean, it was just perfect as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean, I'll save this complaint until we get to the open. What I can't stand is seeing a guy hit a perfect shot and watching it roll off the green and 75 yards back up the fairway. I don't need that nonsense. No. If you hit it right, I want you to be punished reasonably 
you know, for a bad shot and you see this, there's little pockets of water everywhere. There was hazards kind of everywhere. I liked, I, I forget which hole it is. It had just like that weird tree and all that <laughs> scrub around it. And every one of these guys ended up in it every single time. It yeah. is, I, I really, really enjoyed watching this golf I did tournament, too. irregardless of the Mickelson story. But, but one, it was an awesome thing, story. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, that was it. Oh, I, one thing I was at the beginning of the tournament, I believe it was Thursday. I'm like, oh, my God, Phil. <laughs> I mean, they had the story where he had, I don't know if it's CBS, but it must be CBS that has it, these drones that now hover over the golf courses. And they have cameras, and they give different angles of the shots. Right. And he's on, like, I don't know, four or five. I think it was the first round. And he stops. He has to have the drone moved. Oh, really? It's like 150 <laughs> feet above ground. He's not over the green. He's not going to hit. If he does, that <laughs> shot was going to go 200 yards over the green anyway. <laughs> but, no, he yeah, and, and he, had, he asked, like, twice or three times, you know, I'm going to hit it, move it. And he made them move a, a drone, <laughs> and I'm sitting there reading this on Thursday, like, oh, I hope you shoot 10 over. And, <laughs> and, and then it turns into a cool story, and I felt myself rooting for the guy. Well, that's, you know? that's what happened. You're, you're basically clay. You can, you can be molded any direction. <sighs> Insane Phil Mickelson crowd frustrates Brooks Kepka. <laughs> it should say block quote, of wood. Yeah, quote. No one really gave a, and I'll fill in the words, gave a shit. You know, he was complaining. I don't know. Did you read the story? No, no. I I heard that he was complaining, but I didn't follow up on it. Shocker. I'm just trying to see if this is from our favorite writer, too. It's not. This is from the New York Post. Periodical of notes. (laughs) Brooks Kepka had already lost a golf tournament. Now he was trying to protect his surgically repaired knee. Was he afraid of swarm? As of- mayhem ensued on the 72nd <laughs> hole, with security losing control of the masses as thousands of spectators stormed the 18th fairway, celebrating Phil Mickelson's historic victory. Kepka was lost in the mob along with his caddy, Ricky Elliott, for several moments before finally breaking out of the pack to safety. Quote, It would have been cool if I didn't have a knee injury and got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because no one really gave a shit, Kepka said afterward. Wait, is he implying people were kicking him in the knee? What's he talking about? They just just didn't get care about him. I'm Brooks Kepka and you don't care about me. (laughs) Yes, it's cool for Phil, but getting dinged a few times isn't exactly my idea of fun. I was trying to protect my knee. Why didn't you just walk off the green and let them follow Phil and let him have his moment instead of you trying to hog your way through <laughs> and protecting your knee? <laughs> he is. He's a block of wood. I can't stand him. Did, did you see that video that came out? Uh, I, I saw it today. I don't know when it came out where they were doing a, a pre-tape stand-up interview with him and DeShambo, his boy, don't do it, came walking behind him and just the clicking of his spikes yeah. irritated Brooks to where he's cussing and carrying yeah. off. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I uh, what that guy is a jackass. He, he he's a he's a weird dude is what he is. So he's all that and he's all fussy and then he'll be taking thong pictures on a yacht with that 
fiance or girlfriend he won't acknowledge or talk to in public. Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's on the golf course. It, it did make me kind of happy to just watch him completely chop it up on Sunday because it looked like, you know, coming in with the injury, you know, you weren't even certain he was going to be able to finish. And then he's in there and he's in the lead, what, on number two. And then he just started chopping it up all over. And he apparently was kind of salty about it. This is because he's not used to uh, close calls and not winning in a major. But yeah, it, and that was another thing, you know, not long ago we're talking about him as, as a machine, you know, unfallible. And he couldn't even keep a thought together because DeChambeau walked behind him in spikes. Yeah. I mean, what, your concentration is that bad because your knee got dinged or what? Well, it I don't could know. have been the ding knee. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware Spare of the ding me, knee. Spare me, Brooks. <laughs> yeah, why don't you well, call up Kyle Porter and get an article written about you? <laughs> about his knee, the heroic yeah, his... effort of his dinged knee. <laughs> yeah. now, uh, now, to be fair, me. it seemed like his knee bugged him. He couldn't even, like, hunker down to read his putts. It, it kind of looked like he looked like you staggering around out there after about 47 of those pale ales you got going on over there. Don't but drink pale ale. Why not? Too many hops. Don't like it. I thought you were a hop head. No, that's him. I'm a hop head. I like the hops. Well, how come you don't drink any you know beer what, with hops in it? You know what I wonder? No, answer my question. I thought all beer had hops in it. Well, your water light doesn't really have a lot. I like the Coors hops. Those are the best ones. They're delicious. <laughs> what, that one leaf in five gallons? That's, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that that's a great leaf. So here's what I wonder. Completely off subject, okay. but since we're talking about the hop head over here. I have a theory. With with hipsters and anything they're into like this guy, and he's a beer hipster. You know what I yeah. mean? Do you think he even likes 75% of this shit he drinks, or does he just like to tell people he likes it because nobody else likes it? I believe he... I guess I could ask him. We're talking about I believe him like he's he not enjoys in the room. trying. Yeah. Well, no, okay, you, you can enjoy trying. He enjoys trying many various types. How many he likes... I mean, I, I guess that's up to speculation. I'm sure there's probably some that he thoroughly enjoys, some he thinks are pretty good, others not too bad, that kind of thing. Here's, Am I correct? Spot on, spot on. Here's See? my theory. Oh, what was that? I don't know. Oh, did we get an email? It, uh, yes, what's the email uh, again? <laughs> that is our email. That's our, that that is. <laughs> Chaos and disorder. At G- I told you. See, that's just they're, the way they're rolling are. in during the show. And yeah, they, they don't mouth, have... mouth breathers quit interrupting as she threw me off. <laughs> I was yeah, trying to not, make a yeah point. really. We're not used to during the show. Good God, what are we doing here? I think gun to his head didn't have to answer to anyone. Alejandro Finkelstein and Rick Briggs would rather drink a cool, crisp Miller Coors product than this stuff that tastes like turpentine and goes down like pine needles. But you like to to look down your noses at the normies like me who drink that stuff, and so you lie. That's a theory I have. That is, that is like the most out-of-left-field inaccurate theory I've ever heard. How about you? I, I concur. I, I With w- me, right. Yeah, See, right. he gets it. So, I will not drink Budweiser. Because you won't say you drink Budweiser. No, it, like if that's the only thing being served, I'll drink water. 
I will partake in a nice Kerr's Light. Well, who wouldn't? It's delicious. Uh, Crisp and refreshing. That, that, that <laughs> is what, God. That's what my grandfather drank all the time, so I can't knock that. Coors Original, uh, what, the Banquet Beer. Uh, yes, well, that only because Sam Elliott calls it the banquet beer. You, you got to drink what Sam drinks. and um, I, Sam probably doesn't drink it. No, he, <laughs> I bet he's he probably does. drinking 100-year-old bourbon scotch. <laughs> um, but I'll partake in a Miller Lite, and I will feel like trash the next day, but I'll do it. See, it's better. <laughs> no. I'll feel like trash. Yeah. <laughs> It just goes to show you that he is an alcoholic, where I am a beer connoisseur. No, no, no. You... <laughs> he doesn't get a yay on that. Obviously, he just he is not an alcoholic. <laughs> Look at him. He's waving his empty beer around. Be and, right that, and that happens to be a, a mass-produced beer you're drinking, unless you, you're going to perpetuate this snobbery. Did you know? Oh, we're just moving on. <laughs> Did you know? Because we have to get to this. Oh, okay. I mean, thanks to you, you found it. I've given you all the credit as, in the world. As you should. Not only am I the talent, I'm the producer, I'm the but glue that normally holds this whole shit show Normally together. I get all all the Kyle Porter. Porter what, are, what do they win? Peabody Awards? Is that what they win for uh, that kind Pulitzers. of writing? Pulitzers? Well, uh, maybe they get a Peabody, too. Yeah, I'm not sure. Know. One of those kind of. I'm sure he wins them all. I'm not sure well, which one. Well, he ought to. <laughs> he's, he's a wordsmith, that's for certain. <laughs> but <clears throat> did you know, Mr. Flieger, golf is the loneliest sport on earth? I was not aware. I've usually played in foursomes, and so there's at least three donkey dicks <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah. Drinking Coors Light <laughs> yeah, or oh, whatever swill you might be having. Crisp, refreshing. Maybe a, maybe a uh, Miller High Life. You know, one I'm thing that I do miss, all serious inside, back, I can remember back in, uh, it must have been about the late 70s. The golf course that I played, they had like, you know, they used to have the vending machines on, you know, right. periodically throughout the golf course. And they sold, um, obviously it was pop, you know, soda and stuff, but they had back in the late 70s, it was carbonated Gatorade. Carbonated yes. Gatorade? Yes. And you pop it, you know, pop just like a, a Coke can or whatever. And it was bubbly, kind of like, I don't know, club soda. Or was it actually Gatorade? Yeah, it was or you're Gatorade. saying, really? Yeah. And it was actually very, very good. And, man, I drank a ton of those playing golf in the summertime after a hangover. You can bet on that. But <laughs> Well, every day, everything yeah. <laughs> you did in the 70s was after a hangover. Do you remember All Sport? Yeah. That was my favorite carbonated, like, Gatorade thing. I don't think I, never I knew remember. All Sport was carbonated. Yeah. Really? Yep. I don't, think, I don't remember. I don't all remember sport. that either. Powerade wasn't All Sport was. Yeah, Powerade was just like the the yeah. broke dick Gatorade is all it <laughs> yeah, was. It really was, yeah. Might be a show title, Broke Dick Gatorade. That would be copyright infringement. It would ruin any chance we had of getting that big Gatorade sponsorship we've been looking for. Well, we certainly wouldn't get Powerade. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's true. That's fair but anyway. Oh, yeah, back to Mr. Porter. Yeah, as golf is, a, yeah, this is by the, you know, multi-award winning Kyle Porter. Golf is the loneliest sport on earth. Exposure at the highest level is emotionally equivalent to a climber free soloing a piece of slab or whatever the hell that is. <laughs> what does that even that mean? It takes your breath away. 
A place like the ocean course at Kiowa Island exacerbates this feeling because the entire sports world is watching you try and juggle your anger, pride, and patience when the strip of land that stretches out through the Atlantic Ocean, which Pete Dye said would have begged for the opportunity to build upon, is doing its best to rip them from your soul. That's only the first paragraph. Yeah, we're off to a good start. Real quick, apropos of the Peabody Award, uh-huh. I just want to point this out because Kyle will probably get it, uh-huh. but I think we could be up for it as well. Each year, 30 Peabody Awards are given for entertainment, documentary, news, podcast, and radio, children, youth, and public service programming. Well, I want my Peabody, damn it. If we're not even nominated, I'm really going to be yeah, pissed. Yeah, you so know. Finkelstein, get on that. Grease whatever yeah. wheels you have. Whatever to. you got to do to get nominated, I want nominated. Even if I'll lose drink- to Chris Mascaro, but that's it. Yeah, right? even if he's a good guy. Even if it means drinking a Budweiser, get this thing done. Okay. And if you don't like a Bud Light, I don't know what's wrong. Or Yingling, which a, gives you a headache. Oh. Bud Light Platinum, have you had that one? Delicious. Anyway. In a fancy purple bottle, I feel like a millionaire. Somehow, (laughs) Phil Mickelson won the 2021 PGA Championship on Sunday under these arduous conditions. Arduous, you say. He warded off the cold, dark (laughs) night. The cold, (laughs) dark night that comes for every athlete that has ever lived. And he engendered a goosebump-inducing call from Jim Nance at the end. Quote, Phil defeats. Father time. You've been in the cold, dark night for 35 years. It felt as surreal as an ending to a golf tournament has ever felt. He probably forgot Tiger Woods in yeah, 19. Just like a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Mickelson's name belies the inconceivability of this scenario. He closed out the last event he played, the Wells Fargo Championship, two weeks ago with a 75, 76, 76 as Rory McIlroy baptized him by 17, even though Lefty led the tournament after round one. Well, that's what a 75 and two 76s will do there, Kyle. You know, that's why they play four. Okay. Mickelson had only posted one top ten finish in a major since nearly winning the 2016 Open Championship. He'd fallen outside the top 100 in the world. He is 50 years old and just three weeks away from 51. Okay. That wasn't too sensational. No. Facts. No. He took a little break with facts in the middle, from what I recall. Yeah. But then. Ooh. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I stole that from Finkelstein. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Personalities aside, it made logical sense. Kepka acquiring his fifth over Mickelson would have been a top 50, top 75, or maybe top 100 major win ever. Think about that sentence. Does that really even make any sense? That seems a pretty broad range. Kepka acquiring his fifth over Mickelson would have been a top 50, top 75, or maybe top 100 major win ever. Make Seems it. like you'd go the other direction if you were going to do that, weren't you? Yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. know. You cancel that Peabody and send it to your boys. Yeah, we're really. getting it done. Anyway, Mickelson with his sixth, winning his sixth at 50 years, 11 months, and seven days old, with his game in this shape, he's 143rd in strokes gained over the last six months, according to Data Golf. 
What are we looking at? He just distracted us. I know. That's what he does. Instead of operating a proper show. Who's that young lady? Is that what you're showing me? Nope. Oh. I'm trying to submit our entry for a Peabody. <laughs> not and there it won't, you go. And it won't let us. Oh, it won't let us. No, Why what? not? That's just not right. It just, it just shut us to. Oh, hold on. Oh, <laughs> just, just open another one. <laughs> I guess the Peabody committee is listening and <laughs> not impressed to this point. <laughs> it could be. Or maybe Kyle's already got a oh, locked out. Yeah, if you're not Kyle Porter, no need to enter here. I know what we'll to what we'll to get on that. I'll, you know, I'll try I, it from a different I, computer so it yeah. throws uh, throws them off. <laughs> and then it happened. Oh, it happened. Oh boy. It did not happen linearly. For the only thing Mickelson does linearly, he loves that word. I think it's linearly. His pro- huh? Linearly. Linearly, yes, thank you. Indeed. Linearly. Not literally. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing Mickelson. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. The only thing Mickelson does linearly is fly his private jet from one tournament to the next. Oh, a little shot at him. Yeah. It happened as Mickelson's career has happened with supreme highs and inconceivable lows. Inconceivable lows? He's a billionaire. Well, I guess he had that whole stock thing. Maybe that's an inconceivable low. But he wriggled out of it. Yeah. I, I'm given to understand the first story I read on the tweeters after he holed out the putt on 18 was that was uh, that was uh, white privilege that he was able to have this moment when he uh, should have been in jail for the stock thing. But we won't go down that road. Net worth you know, and I'm million. not going to read Kyle's continuing babble through the entire round. Oh, does he give you like a stroke just by goes stroke break? Shot breakdown. by shot, and, and it's <laughs> just like it's it's just it's just horrible. But after a year of ducking public appearances and holing up in our homes and vowing vowing to kill a virus that rolled uninvited into the lives of so many hundreds of thousands of people. We have a new appreciation for those around us. And that's what came to mind as Lefty walked toward golf history. That's not what came to mind at all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of I didn't the think vid. anything about any type of people whatsoever other than, <laughs> hey, that's cool, Phil won. And give me a beer. Billy! Actually, I didn't even do that. I was working on my porch. So I was just kind of back and forth. Uh, what were you doing on your porch? Oh, replacing the, you know how those old... You know, the type of house I live in, the, the right. front porches, they have that lattice work yeah. around the bottom. I was replacing all that. No, I, I figured you'd had people for that, a man of your stature. I'm and, in my prime. I do this yeah. shit myself. No, you don't. Well, you do, but you shouldn't. You're in your prime? Why are you just See? staring at him? <laughs> What's he supposed to say? I'm confused. He, he's supposed to jump to my defense. What, are you begging for yays? Is that, no! what, is that what happened in here? I did see him push the button and nothing happened, yeah, well, so that's well, that's the universe saying, <laughs> yeah. nah, that's bullshit. Yeah. So I, I learned that I need to mute the computer at all times so that our inbox being flooded doesn't oh, interrupt so the, the, uh, the You know, chaos. i tell you what, if, if you can get on that other computer and get that thing through the Peabody, we'll be getting emails, I mean, like oh, that. God. Just I mean, God. Endorsement deals. Yeah. Who's got the like the the late shows now? You know, remember Johnny Cars and Jay Leno, all that. Who who has them now? I don't even know. Oh, who's the goofy guy with the song parodies? He's in Johnny's spot. Uh, 
from Saturday Night oh, Live. Was that Kimmel? No, no that's. Now he's he was on, on Saturday Night Live. The the guy who does the Tonight Show now, I think. Oh 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 oh! I was thinking somebody else. Um, uh, Kimmel. I no, we just that. no. You got Kimmel in my head now. <laughs> I can Toronto. See- <laughs> I can see the guy's dumb head. I can't head. do uh, uh, Fallon. Jimmy yeah, Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. See, they're That's both what, yeah. Jimmy. It's the same thing. Right, Jimmy's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy Crack Corn. <laughs> Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, and James Corden. Jimmy Fallon did, it was a, I mean, just such a great parody of the Doors singing Reading Rainbow. <laughs> I, I might mean, watch that. It, I mean, it is spot on, and it is—I mean, it's hysterical. I mean, he's—I mean, it's just like Morrison on the old Ed Sullivan thing with the leather jacket, and he's the wire, the microphone going over his shoulder, and he's got the 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 rest of the doors. They're they're just spot on, and the lyrics are just like so hysterical. The reading rainbow. You have to look at it. Yeah, up. I, I think I might have to look that up. <laughs> So are we done with old uh, Kyle Porter? I'm done with Kyle tonight. We, we've had a hard time staying on on focus, on task here. Well, you know, it, it's just that these these dreams of Peabody Awards. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's be it's taken over my mind. I want a Peabody Award. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get a Peabody. Is there a cash prize involved? No. Oh. It doesn't matter if you win a Peabody, it's, you'll be rich. It's the the prestige of it. Yeah, I'd yeah. still like cash. <laughs> Cash is good. Uh, I like money. Should we take a commercial? Yes, we should. Seems like a good because we've got a lot. We got some NHL to cover. We've got dead body story to cover. Yes, they're dropping like flies out there. And um, I mean, it's going to be a great rest of the show. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's sell a little coffee, and we'll come back with all that and more right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. Dead Sled Coffee, a distinguished coffee brand from a Peabody Award-winning podcast. I'm going to tell you something right now. I haven't tried the Robert England blend, but that morning blend, wow, awesome. Now, would that imply there's an afternoon blend? Morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Oh, like Alonzo. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) They're usually linked to a celebrity. Is there another morning I'm unaware of? Well, morning as in somebody died. Yeah. You know. That doesn't seem like a very chipper coffee. I'm sure it's delicious. It's a great coffee. Tell you what, it's like, you know, it just, it's, it's such a smooth. I don't know how to put it. It's just smooth. It's just, and it's just wonderful. 
wakes me up. I'm not sad, even though they call it morning. Yeah, I mean, I would think it would if it's not in any way associated with Alonzo. I just hope it doesn't depress you at all. No. Next week, I'll have a review of El Diablo Blend. El Diablo. There we go. Anyway, have you been watching much of the hockey playoffs? I have. I I have, have. too. And they are, you know, I'm a little disappointed in the way the Penguins uh, are playing, being a Pittsburgh guy. They're down three games of two. But I tell you what, the playoffs in general, listen to this. If If you haven't really seen it much, now, the Leafs and the Canadians, they've only played three games so far. So that's no big deal. And uh, the Avalanche and the Blues, it was a sweep. Pr- pretty easy time for the Avalanche. But here we go. The Golden Knights in the Wild, it's 3-2. to two. They've had one overtime game. Okay? The Jets swept the Oilers 4-0. But there were three overtime games. Yeah, yeah. Every one of those games was great. Yeah, individually the it, games. It really was. Um, Florida and Tampa. Tampa leads three to two. They've had an overtime game, and that's the best series. Those two teams oh, they, hate each oh, other. Oh yeah, like legit hate each other. Not the the fake hugging. It's somebody might get decapitated before this thing's over. I have never <laughs> seen a series. Well, I'm sure I have, but I can't remember a more and another, hateful series. And another one that's getting nasty is Carolina and Nashville. Right. It's yeah. it's 2-2 now. They've had two overtimes in a row, two double overtimes in a row that, that the Preds have won. In the Hurricanes, I heard a weird stat on them. They are like one and eleven or two and eleven, I forget the exact thing in, in overtime. So I mean, you know, if you're a Preds fan, take them yeah, to overtime. Keep, you got them. Yeah, keep keep going to OT. Yeah, that that's been a great series too. Boston beat the Caps four to one, three overtime games. Yeah, and now um, the Penguins and the Islanders they've played five games. It's three to two Islanders, two overtime games. This series, I mean, it is. I'm. You you can say whatever you want. I mean, there there were some four O's and four ones, but even the four O series they were nasty. Yeah, was yeah, the, great. The, the stuff. games were great. Yeah, the the Tampa Bay Florida series. Catch one of those. I, it's it's some, something do, out of this yeah. world. Nashville that that series is the exact same way. Nashville Carolina. Every game is nip and tuck, and it's physical and it's skilled. And you're seeing some goals scored. Save for the Islanders Penguins game series, you're right. seeing a lot of goals. You're seeing four three five four type of games, which is really atypical uh, of playoff hockey. And but to the Islanders and, and Penguins credit. I mean, even um, Jari give up a couple of uh, overtime goals or whatever, but both goalies have been so solid for both those teams, really. Well, you can't say that about Jari after that disaster that that happened. Yeah, I know. You you just wonder anybody who's, who's played sports, we've all done it. Not on this stage. I don't I don't know how you get over this when you're a pro athlete, but just a complete and utter brain fart. I have no other way to describe what happened to Tristan Jari in double overtime yesterday. You have the entire behind the net area, right, which right, you always yeah. have. You have players on your team. Chris Letang on one side, Evgeny Malkin on the other, standing all by themselves on the wing. 
you have three Islanders barreling down up the middle of the ice. And what does this jackass do? <laughs> he clears it up the center of the ice. I just, you'd love to know. I, yeah. I shouldn't. What's going through your head there? We've all done these things, you know, at much slower levels, but it's just amazing that a professional goalie could let that happen. Just unbelievable. I can see misplaying. He didn't misplay it. He just rifled it right up the middle. It, yeah, I mean, it was. It was kind of like what you said. It's just a total – you can't even call it a lapse in concentration. It was almost like – No, because he had an hour and a half to do it. He it stood was like there and a panic it. attack. <laughs> it, it really is what it was. And, I mean, it's not indicative of actually the way he's been playing in net. But right. that play was enough to, like, God, we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's already that talk. And I'm not one that typically blames the goalie. And every Pittsburgh hockey fan, I'm doing the air quotes thing because there's a lot of fake fans that show up this time of year. Anytime you lose four to one, two to one, you know, three to two, it's the goalie's fault. It's the goalie's fault. They ran Mark Andre Fleury out of town after a couple Stanley Cups. They ran Matt Murray out of town after a couple Stanley Cups. They they, they don't know any better. But that game, yeah. at least that play, and even the goal before the tying goal. It wasn't a terrible goal, but if you look back, he was out way above the crease making snow angels. I'm still not – I don't know if he slipped. I ain't sure what happened there. <laughs> Just uh, poor Mr. Jari had himself a day. Now, that, that overtime one, he made an incredible, incredible play on the first move before it turned into that little butterfly second move shot. The, so the tying goal. No, no, no. The the one that actually went in and won the game, his initial move was beautiful. It would have blocked that shot had he actually shot, but when he did the little dip and flip. Yeah, but he shouldn't have had the puck. Right, <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is that first move was oh, just, just oh, it yeah. was amazing. If he would have just shot, it it would have been blocked and they'd still be playing. <laughs> they, they still are playing, but... No, no, no. They'd be in, like, 23rd that, overtime. Yeah, that game would still be going on. Now, the the Islanders goalie, what is it, Sorokin? Is that his name? Sorokin, it's yeah. Sorokin, yeah. Conversely with him, did you see the play where the play, you know, the shot came down, and he went down, blocked it. It creamed off of him, went right to rust. Okay. Went right to Russ stick, right? It wasn't any panic. He wasn't trying to get it. He just slid following that puck, even though it was on Russ stick. And he just got into solid position and stoned him. Yeah. He just, hey, period. Calm. Yeah, exactly. That right there, just the play that you mentioned with, with Jari and that one, I mean, just totally different. And, and Sorokin has what? Basically nothing but triple-A experience. Yeah, I mean, he is only the second game he started in this series. It was just because Varlamov wasn't playing right. well. And, and you know, and you see this, right? If goalie catches fire in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's not much you can do. The, the right. Penguins should have won that game about 6-2, to two, in all honesty, with the opportunities they had. He got lucky, and you see that, too, when a goalie gets hot. Some puck luck. I think it was middle of the first overtime where that puck got deflected, I think it was off Latang's stick. He was looking the other direction, and it came careening in and just hit him off the skate and, yeah. and rolled away. I mean, just sometimes 
you get on that's that a roll. hot goalie. Yeah, you, yeah, you're not looking. Yeah, you don't lucky. even have yeah. to, and, and you're getting it done. And but if, if you watch nothing else, go back, get in, and you'll, there'll be at least two, probably three more games. Get into that Nashville Carolina series. That that's been a fun one. A if lot you're not of a hockey fan, definitely get into it because I think that'll make you one. And if you are a hockey fan, here's something you can watch for. I, I talk about the, the the fake penguins, the playoff fans that show up who blame the goalie for everything. But by and large, Pittsburgh is a in the building is a knowledgeable hockey town. Yeah. All right. I enjoy watching games in towns like Nashville where they don't have a knowledgeable fan base. And I remember this from when they were in the Stanley Cup Finals a few years ago, and I noticed watching the game, I think it was Saturday night when they were in Nashville. So so go back and watch, watch a Penguins Islanders series. These are two pretty savvy fan bases. Yeah. And if a guy takes a good hard check, you'll hear a cheer – Something like that, you know. If two guys run into each other, you'll kind of hear nothing. Watch the watch a Nashville game. They yeah. know nothing. Every time somebody in the white jersey in the Nashville jersey falls down, either on a clean check, on a cheap shot, or if he trips over the blue line, that building explodes. Oh my God! Boom! Boom! They have they they are having more fun than any right. building in the league, but they have no idea what the hell's going on. I mean, none, <laughs> zero idea what's going on, and it, I enjoy that. But it fills us. The, oh. the stadium with energy, absolutely, it, yeah, because no they doubt. are cheering everything where they should be or not. They're losing their mind, and there's just a buzz in that arena that says, "What just happened?" And I like that. But even even though some of these, um, most of these series aren't completed yet, I have come to a conclusion mm. right in the first round. Freaking Boston's scary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean they they are playing. Oh, how they finished fourth in that division? I didn't understand that. That team is so good. They are, and, and I think it gets to the point where you get to the playoffs. Or I'm sorry, third in that division, not. Fourth. Yeah, they were third. You're right. They had that COVID instant. Uh, they kind of put them back a couple games, and they had to scramble to get games in. So yeah, maybe that started, was it. They started resting people too. But they get they get into a and I could call it a rut. But you, they force the opponent to play their brand of yeah. hockey, and when you start doing that, you're not going to win yeah. very often. Yeah, and then Marshand, that jackass, takes over. And, God, I can't stand oh, that I know. guy. He's a great hockey player, but I, I absolutely cannot stand him. So you have any favorites right now who you actually uh, think – I mean, I, I just kind of mentioned mine in the East, really. I mean, I, I right now Boston just looks scary. I mean, in the West, Colorado's been the best yeah. team in the league all year. And, and obviously with that four-game sweep where, wasn't it 50-something? The, the, the goal differential in that in those four games was something. 4-1-6-3-5-1-5-2. Yes. I mean, Saint Over Lu- the Blues, no yeah, less. Yes, Saint, yeah. <laughs> St. Louis is a really good team. Yeah. So didn't do a lot to dissuade me there. If there is somebody, and I, I guess the Western Conference doesn't matter as much this year. I still don't understand the whole playoff format. I, I wouldn't discount Vegas. You, you, I wouldn't you got either. a veteran goalie playing well. That that team can score any time from any place. And, and really in the East, to me, it's all about Boston. I, I really do think it's there in I have a hard – I shouldn't say I have a hard time. Anybody can beat anybody any and given Tampa, night. Tampa, of course. 
is always scary. Yeah, yeah, but well, I guess I can't say. You know, after they the year after they finally win the Stanley Cup, that I'd never be surprised if they got swept out either. But yeah, it's hard to see anybody beating Colorado though, and I mean they've done nothing, nothing to dissuade that so far. So you're calling it Colorado Boston? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I can't hardly it argue. Sounds with kinda that boring. Right yeah, I'm not sure. It's not the most exciting hockey between the two of them. No, but that's that's some of their most real hockey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you're gonna find. Yeah, that that's true. You know what is boring, Rick? I I just do this to troll you. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. So speaking of how exciting the NFL NHL playoffs, I'm sure the NFL playoffs will be exciting yeah. too once we get there. But saw this, this was last week, so obviously these numbers will be different. So if any of the stat geeks want to attack us, I acknowledge this is about five or six days old. As we sat at that time last week in Major League Baseball, right. the league batting average, the league batting average. <laughs> Say that again. The, the league, league <laughs> batting average. Rick, do you want to take a guess on what the league <laughs> batting average is? I can't even imagine, but it can't be much more than, what, 230? I don't know. You're d- right on it. Yeah. 236, worst of all time at this point in a season. And the pitching isn't that great neither. Well, it must be. There's been seven no-hitters this year. Remember when a yeah. no-hitter used to be special? <laughs> you remember that? Now it's like commonplace. 24% strikeout rate. 24 out of every 100 at bats. That's how percentages work, in case you didn't know that. I, I 24 I know out that. of every 100 at bats. I got me a degree. <laughs> a degree <laughs> has resulted in a strikeout. On average, 7.8. So let's call it 8. On average, 8 hits per game. The worst since 1908. What good God, how can anybody still watch this? I didn't watch it when they were hitting 60 home runs. I mean, I, I'm sorry. See, that, that I would watch. It's just, no. It should be balanced. And baseball is never balanced. Baseball been very, very good to me. <laughs> no, it hasn't. No, it really hasn't. <laughs> not recently, no. anyhow. Since about it, 1993. It's not. It, it's, and, and you hear me talk about some of these pitchers, you know, the Kofaxes and the Gibson. They have, you know, they had some of these magnificent aces back then, but you also had your Jerry Kuzmans that were 11 and 17, or your Luke Walkers who were 15 and 16 and so forth. And you had 350 hitters and you had 240 hitters and 48 home runs and 10 home runs. Now it's they bat 300 or they bat 111. The, and it, the it, amount of guys horrible. under 200 this year, and you have to have a yeah. lot to have a yeah. league average of 236. <laughs> you got to have a ton of guys under that Mendoza line. They're, they're going to have to move that to 0.075 for yeah, it to even be. Call it the what? Uh, the COVID Pittsburgh, line, maybe. Pittsburgh Pirates line yeah, from kind really. of the Gregory Polanco line for, <laughs> from everything I'm seeing. How do they get out of this? Analytics has taken over. They've determined this is how you win baseball games. Is there anything MLB can do? Because but who I mean, wins the games? It's still just the Yankees, well, the that's Dodgers. The, that's blah, blah, the blah. weird part. It's right? always the same teams anyway. Yeah, you, you have that. It's 
Boy, I don't know how they come back. Every year I say, and I get on you, I want to get back into it. And remember, I got all wrapped up. And remember how great the the Washington uh, right. Houston the World right. Series was. What a great series that was! You got great pitching, but you got timely hitting. You you had a little bit of everything. But man, every year it just gets further and further away to where it's a home run derby. That's all it really is. You're not manufacturing any runs. The pitchers have such an advantage. You know, if this is 10 years ago and we had seven no hitters, that'd be kind of like a cool story. Wow, it's one of those weird blips. I don't think it's that anymore. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's still hard to 27 up, 27 down. But nobody's trying to hit the ball, so is it really that well, impressive? Everybody's batting two thirty, right? I mean, your exactly. odds go up, <laughs> way up. Yeah, I'm not a statistician, but I think <laughs> no, your but odds you do go know way how up. percentages work. <laughs> Indeed, as, as I taught you today, <laughs> yeah. you can you can take that to work with you tomorrow. You're welcome. I just, I don't know. I am just really baffled at it's it's some of the defense. Of this, you know, by by the so-called pundits and announcers and whatever, like, you know, that this is just such the most magnificent brand of baseball they ever seen. Now, obviously, they're getting paid to say this. Right. And nobody pays us to say anything that they want us to, so we say what we want. Yeah. They should pay us, though. They should say it's the They should pay us to say what we want. After we get that people. You're damn right. (laughs) Get on that, Alejandro. Straight cash, homie. Yeah. <laughs> As the great quoth Randy Moss. Yeah. That'd be a great guest for our Peabody ceremony. Oh, yeah. We show. can get great guests once we have the Peabody. Yeah, exactly. Maybe first one will be Randy. That would be great. I don't know if he would, though. He's kind of busy. Well, he's got a lot going on. We have to get him out on the off season. Well, that'd be fine. We I got guess. a Peabody. Why wouldn't he want to be associated with it? That's true. But but kind of your to your point, the, the analytics crowd. Uh, I used to feel like they were just a loud minority. Maybe that's the majority now. Maybe that's these d bag millennials. Because because here's what I don't get. All we hear is you know we can't play any defense in football anymore because the d bag millennials can't. You know they have to have offense, and we've got to get these games done in forty seven minutes. A baseball game, a hockey game. I heard people griping about the length of the PGA Championship that these rounds are taking too long because the d bag millennials can't sit still that long, and everything has to be done in under ninety minutes. But it's these same D-bag millennials who live for these analytics and defend that that are essentially, they've completely ruined Major League Baseball. In my opinion, the analytics is starting to, if not completely ruined basketball. It's ruined the NBA at this point because it's the same thing. Three-pointer or nothing. Three-pointer or turnover. Three-pointer or turnover. It's and start- I'm not sure that's so much analytics as the me factor, too. Well, but and it's not as complicated of analytics. Right. It's threes more than two, and so if you you yeah, know if what you I mean, make some threes, you'll but be it, okay. But it's dramatically changed the game, and it's about taking over the college game. We talk about all the time how many times I right. witness, even in high school and certainly in the college game, uh, a guard drives off the wing, gets to the rim clean, rather than throw it down or lay it in, he throws it out to the corner for a 50-50 shot on a three-point. Right. So, so you're getting there, 
analytics has drastically changed the NFL. Now, a lot of people may feel for the better, right? But if you if you're into higher scoring games, I like that balance. But some people are all or nothing. It's just this is pervasive, and we're going to have more and more information as time goes on, and technologically more and better ways to analyze that data. I don't see this ever ending, and I'm God. You start to wonder: Can baseball recover from this? I don't think so. Quite for I mean, in my mind, obviously, no, because it's a horrible product right now. It's, right until they until they reach some sort of parity in baseball the league basically is just out there to make some money you've you've got and and we go through these damn teams all the time it's the yankees it's the dodgers st louis you know boston and there's always a few other ones that tend to, to to rise up right you know year in and year out but it's those teams that are always the the favorites going in and it's always going to be them until something else changes. Because when whoever, Milwaukee, gets X amount of dollars from the profit sharing and so forth, revenue sharing, and the Dodgers get X squared amount. Right. Well, what's that tell you? Who's going to have the bigger payroll? Yeah, and, and that, that's the first thing that has to happen. They they have to get a salary cap in there. They they do. you, you got to give them credit, bully for, for the players. They they have the probably the only strong union uh, amongst professional athletes. you got to get that done. you got to get some parity. But something has to be done to change the game. And here's what I'm torn on, right? You know, you, you go back to what, what was Bob Gibson's year where they actually had to lower the mound. Uh, 16, it was like 67, 68, yeah. something like that. Something. You're going to almost have to have a move like that as well, right? Where you, do you move the mound back? Do you shorten the ballparks? You're going to have to trick the game up to to get balls back in play or, or to do something. And then I'm going to bitch about that, right? <laughs> that you're tricking the game up. They might have just lost me. There's, You can't move the pitcher back. I think you could. No, I mean, no, you really can't. You can't really just get a backhoe. You Look, can number, just move it back a number little bit. One, it wouldn't be that hard. Number one, you can't even get five innings out of a guy now from 90 feet. What are you going to get? 40 pitches from 110 feet now? Well, 60 feet, six inches. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, duh. 60 feet, six inches. So you put him at what, 70 feet? Yeah, maybe 62. Nice round number. But why not 62.6? Well, you could do that, too, if you like that six inches. Or 62.8. <laughs> uh, he didn't even react. Nah, he's, he's trying to get us on the Peabody. Oh, well, yeah. But the thing Keep it, that up. Another thing that really irritates me about the baseball. Well, Rick Fligger had to leave in the third inning because he had tightness in his left arm. You're 25 years old. You're making $15 million. You know, get the trainer to rub it and get your ass back out there. Stand in left field till a ball comes to you. I mean, my God, you're playing baseball. It's, it's a weird game now. It, it's, it's over. It's it, a shame. It is. It, it's horrible. I'm sorry. That doesn't I'm feel done. like, oh, just you're done. With baseball. Oh, okay. Well, should we we uh, sell some sandwiches here, and then we'll come back and got uh, a dead good dead guy story. All right, and we have to follow up on something from last week too. So, Ooh, I like that. What's in the box? So we're gonna have a follow up. 
We're going to hear about another poor, unfortunate soul lost. But right when we get back, Rick is going to finally, once and for all, tell us what was in the box. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you're sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. You don't know what I did over the weekend, Rick. I don't care. Well, you should care. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I, I don't often go to grocery stores or any stores. I, I'm not much for public, and, and that's for both mine and the public's benefit, to be honest with you. But I found myself in the local grocer, and I, uh, out of the blue, for no reason, bought a bag of tater tots that was looked like about a 10-pound feed sack worth of tater tots. I like tater tots. It was an impulse buy. They had them. They were smart. They had them right on that, what do they call it, the end cap. And I bought that. So I thought, you know, I haven't had the opportunity. I was out of town most of the weekend. Hadn't had a chance to get to the chop shop. All I talk about for the last month is that poutine. I thought, eh, how hard can it be? I got a five gallon, a 10-gallon sack of tater tots i'm gonna make my own poutine all right don't make your own poutine go to the chop shop (laughs) (laughs) no bueno just didn't work huh no bueno poutine it's just simple as that (laughs) so so get yourself down to the chop shop and have them make it they'll even put some pot roast on there i didn't know how do you just make enough pot roast to put on your poutine (laughs) you know what i mean so why don't you just make a pot roast cut off enough to put on your poutine and then eat your poutine with the pot roast the rest of it. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. But it seems like overkill. You're no. eating pot roast and you have pot roast on your side dish. Well, yeah, bacon explosion. We were talking about oh, that earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bacon, more meat is always good. That's that's true. But right. uh, just go to the chop shop. Have, have Billiam hook you up with some poutine. It'll be much better than anything I came up well, with. Well, that's true. We have a slight snag for a Peabody. Uh-oh. What's wrong? There's an entry fee. Oh, four hundred and fifty dollars specifically for podcasts i would think one of our generous sponsors would <laughs> love to put Indeed. that bill or a listener <laughs> yeah any listener out there who is that guy with the uh with the uh ncaa bracket maybe he'd like to make oh, amends yeah. and nominate us. i mean he's already donated a hundred so yeah yeah so that's true we're, we're well on our way we're yeah, that's right. way there the, we, we will start a fundraising effort here what, what's that email another address go fund me page well yeah we're apparently not allowed to have one of those well not for what he put down but maybe for peabody entry Ooh. Could we get a GoFundMe to raise money for our Peabody entrance? Get on it. (laughs) On it. (laughs) Now, let me give you an unfortunate story, Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sure it's sad. Uh, It is. It's horrible. A 40-year-old man. That's a young man. 
as you well know. Yes, since you're yes. past that. younger than I. Even. Yeah, not <laughs> even in his prime yet. No, he not, <laughs> hasn't even got there. Gross. <laughs> a 40 year old man was found dead inside the leg of a decorative paper mache dinosaur <laughs> statue. Wait, wait, say that <laughs> sentence again. A 40 year old man. Mm-hmm. Was found dead in, inside. Quit making me laugh. Inside the leg of a decorative paper mache dinosaur statue in Spain, after being reported missing by his family just a few hours earlier. They never thought to look in the statue. I guess. Well, who would look in the leg of a dinosaur for a guy? I, I wouldn't. I've never seen the man who has not yet been named was found dead by a father and son in Santa Coloma de Gramanat, a Barcelona suburb, at around 12 p.m. This is noon on a Saturday. According to local news site El Morel. Ah, that, that's where I take most of my news. Well, yeah. After being informed by the father that a man appeared to be dead inside the dinosaur statue, three units of General Le- General Latat Fire Brigade mm. arrived at the Excellent scene. Excellent fire brigade. One of the best in Spain. Yeah, I no doubt. Say, top three, right? Easily, yeah, especially easily. Barcelona. Yeah. That's Several Barcelona. members of the firefighters' special rescue team were also deployed, deployed as they had to saw off multiple parts of the dinosaur in order to extract the body from the decorative statue. Wait, what, didn't you say it was paper mache? Yeah. And they just hack it open? How'd he get in? Well, does the I mean, story not say that? Well, that's what I'm waiting oh, on here. All right, so you this know. is breaking news anytime it feels like breaking. Go ahead. Yeah. Footage posted to Twitter by L. Morell showed the extent of extraction of the extraction process as the sound of a saw can be heard while firefighters in an ambulance are present at the scene. The police have ruled out the possibility of the deceased man being homeless as he was reported missing by his family just a few hours before his body discovered after he had been away from them for two days. According to another one of your favorites, El Periodico. Oh, El Periodico, yeah. Yeah. That's where you get the more salacious the stuff. Mo- the Mosas do Escadra, oh, yeah. the local police department, right. are yeah. currently investigating the incident. But told La Vanguardia, and that, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's a rag. You don't want to. Oh, La come Vanguardia. on now. Nah, that's <laughs> they no they good. get it right from hey. the horse's mouth. They talk to the police. <laughs> more, the more Mossos like a, do a More like the horse's ass. Okay. Yeah, you talk about that. But there rag. are no indication of criminality in relation to his death. The department also told ARA, A R A, that it was believed. The man crawled inside the dinosaur statue after he dropped his phone into it <laughs> before getting stuck when he fell upside down. Police are awaiting results of an autopsy to determine the cause of death and had to work out how he was able to enter the decorative statue. The dinosaur was the last remaining advertising figure in the area, which was created alongside several other decorative figures to to promote a now-closed movie theater. <laughs> Again, with all of these stories, there's way more questions than answers. Number one. squeaky chair. We need some WD for Yeah. It. 
I actually thought I, there was some in the studio here. Maybe maybe it got moved, but yeah. Well, we'll have to call Mitch, the janitor. Well, yeah, he's a little shady. Don't I don't like, like him, him do in you? here now. Why don't you like him? I think he smokes the weeds. <laughs> I worry about that. But, you know, I mean, the place is always fairly clean. I mean, <laughs> Fairly clean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I just uh, I have some feedback for him, but but I think he's on the on the tweed, so I don't want to I don't want to mess with that stuff. You know, that was the same time or the same type of reaction you had with Frank. Remember Frank? Well, Frank you, you was a did lunatic. not like Frank. Frank was a lunatic. Yeah, he scared you to death. He was angry, he's always had a hammer with him. He didn't need a hammer. He just no. carried around a hammer. I know. I like Cole. He he was a little softer. Yeah, you know, well, clean. Yeah, I like Cole. Yeah, you tend to like this type better. Yeah. 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 Okay. I forget. What were we talking about? Oh, more questions than answers. Yeah. We, we should, for the uh, Christmas episode, we should have a callback to the greatest mysteries in news mm. and try to do a follow-up We'll on see them. if we can get any more information. You have to check my periodicals, not that last one, that rag. We're not well, reading As long that. as he you know, pulls up these stories and gets things rolling, we yeah. can probably do that. Yeah. So they can't still figure out. So he managed to drop his phone in there, and they seem to they can't figure out how he got in there. The way I got it figured. But there's a way he got in there. Why did rather than cutting it all up and needing nine police departments and the greatest yeah. fire brigade in Barcelona, why didn't they just pull him out from whence he came in? Why didn't well, he was down in the leg, apparently. Yeah, and probably slid down the neck or something. Why didn't they there. just I mean, this could have been the coolest Birthday there party. This could have been the coolest birthday party ever. <laughs> Get a bunch of kids together. Give them a start bat. Whacking it with sticks. And, and it's like a giant pinata. Yeah. And see what falls out. This, How? this dude down here is taking a picture with his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with the other, with the dead guy's iPhone. Who knows? Found even, it. He was only in there for two days. You really die after two days? Well, if you're upside down at a dinosaur leg, maybe. I guess. Obviously, you can. Well, yeah, I guess that that's been proven. Yes, there, there's a term for when you perish via being upside down, and all the blood running or rushing to your head. Suffocation. No, it, no breathing. Don't. I'll work on that. But there, how about upside down in a dinosaur leg? Is there something run, different about that? Stegodethosaurus. I like it. I like it. It could be. So we got to follow up, Rick. Are we done? That's what we do here. No. Okay. We got one follow-up. You got another dead guy? No. Uh, no bummer. dead guy. Well, no, not dead guy. Okay. All right. So last week, mm-hmm. we were having a, a deep, rooted-in-science conversation about the possibility of alien life. Right. If, if you recall. I it was very. Recall. I mean, right down NASA will we'll be reaching out to us for, for information. But as sometimes happens, it's rare, but as sometimes happens on this show, we got a little distracted, a little off track. But I recall that each of you mentioned you have seen UFOs. Right. And I never got the story to any of that. So I I got to, because I assume you were drunk or on the weeds or whatever it is you two do, the, the mushrooms, the magic mushrooms, as the kids say. So I've got to hear about both of your individual alien experiences. Mine was very simple. I was going to work. What was the year? 
Mm, I believe must have been about 85. The cocaine 80s, as you called them. <laughs> I was going to work perfectly sober. Mm-hmm. I worked afternoon shift ah, at so the time. Plenty of time to sleep it off. And I was going to work, and it was one of those things where you're just driving, and I mean, it's it was kind of a cloudy day, but it was still obviously still light. And I saw, you know, a light in the sky. It didn't look like it was close, but you know, I saw a light in the sky, and. It seemed rather bright for that time of day. And I was just driving. It was um, actually on 168, you know, heading towards Newcastle. Okay. It's got I'm familiar. Pretty long straightaways in it, you know. So you're just driving, you're looking. And then I noticed it was moving. So I'm thinking, oh, that, that's a weird looking plane or whatever. I didn't really think much about it, obviously. But I was driving, but then I looked at it again. And it was moving a little faster. And then all of a sudden, as I'm driving, this thing elongated. It was green. It, like, elongated the light, you know, the, the light part of it elongated. I don't know how long, but, I mean, because it was a long distance away. But, like, a cigar. I mean, and then all of a sudden, bam, gone. Just like that. Where'd it go? Alejandro, help me, please. E.T. phone home. What does uh, gone mean? <laughs> it went away. Well, how does it just disappear? Now you're talking magic. You're not talking UFOs. No, I'm talking fast. Gone. Period. Oh, so you saw gone. it shoot off? Out of sight. Gone. Boom. Gone. Done. Disappeared. Gone. Now, is it Done. possible? Gone. So, so let me re... Let's go back through the facts of this story again. And please. Just, just try to find more more palatable explanations so you're driving to work yeah high on cocaine no 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 perfectly sober you're on he's driving that train yes so you're on a long straightaway it's the middle of the afternoon you better watch your speed you're on a long straightaway it's the middle of the afternoon yeah probably about three in the distance you see a bright light yeah you're moving on this straight stretch i assume 50 55 60 miles an hour Is it perhaps you saw the sun as a bright light and you were the one moving and it actually never moved? The sun turned green and Well, that's where my my explanation falls apart, the green thing. But I can attribute that to the the, to the nose can. I was not (laughs) trapped. Number one, I was perfectly sober. I was not driving into the sun as you since you're familiar, Newcastle was south. Eh. Maybe. It's west of here, of this studio. So that's why I was thinking it was there. No. I wasn't here. I live in a different town east of here. I mean, west of here. But your town was north of here. It is, northwest. Yeah, pick one. (laughs) It's a direction. If we had to pick one, it's north. It's a direction. No, no. Northwest is a direction. North by northwest. Yeah. You ever see that movie? I have. What do you think? Well, you, you talk about some of these other stupid movies you've seen. I do like stupid movies. Well, this is a great movie. <laughs> I doubt it. What was Alejandro, it was it a great movie? It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. But I like the fact that you kind of shot yourself down for that one. 
I watch stupid movies. Uh, that's what I like. <laughs> but why do you like stupid things? Because I don't, I don't want to have to think. You don't, I don't like my think. emotions toyed with. I like to unhinge my jaw, guffaw, what? What look at some movie? hot chicks, no, and move what on. What movie can actually toy with your emotions? I don't know. I mean, I, I know you. You have none. You have the same emotions I do. You're either yeah, quit trying to drag me into your vortex. No, you're either angry. That that's one of them. Or you are. Hungry. Is that an emotion? Hungry. Oh, yeah, that's not really an emotion. But you're angry because you're hungry. True. Or you're contented because you ate. Right. And in extreme cases, you may be sad if somebody... Well, see, I don't want to be sad. But what if it's not a sad movie? Well, it could still make me sad. How? I don't know. I'm not watching it. If it's how a happy movie, how can you be sad? So you're saying this North by whatever he said is a happy movie? I didn't say that. I'm See, just asking you're, you're a question. You're a damned liar. I'm asking you a question. Here's what I know. Friday always makes me happy. Varsity Blues, always happy. That's pretty much the list. How High, always happy. Did you finish Big Lebowski yet? No, I need to go back and find it again. Did you ever watch Up and Smoke? Oh, you might like that one. That would make you happy. It's been around, like, on the end of... I've been logging some time with the independent film channel. It would make you happy. What they need to do is get rid of the commercials, because as soon as the commercial hits... I have seen Caddyshack, yes. All right, well, okay. Makes me laugh. Of course. You ever seen Naked Gun? One of them the whole way through. I forget which one it was. And then parts of other things have been on cable since I was a kid. It's like what? Naked Gun, then Naked Gun 22 and a half, then 33, 33 and, and a third, third something. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the O.J. Simpson ones. Well, yeah, he's in those. Yeah. Right. Oh, was he in all of them? I don't know if he was in the last one. He might not have been in 33 and a third. I can't remember. He was in the first two. What I was know. the one where, what the hell was his name? The character, the lead character's name? Uh, I'm blanking. You mean the, the real actor's name? No, or Leslie way. Nielsen, yeah. Frank Drebin? Frank Drebin, yeah. that's what I was trying to come up with. Where it was the love scene, and he puts himself into a full-body condom. That's the first one, okay, yeah. yeah. That yeah. made me slap my knee. I, <laughs> you know, one of the first... As it should. <laughs> yes. One, one of the greatest scenes to me, it was just kind of like when he's over at Ludwig's place... And he's going to introduce him to Priscilla Presley, you know, because she's going to show him where the records are. And she's at the top of the stairs, and they play that old, like, 50s detective music. And mm. she starts down the stairs, and she takes, like, two steps, and she's real graceful. All of a sudden, bum, 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 <laughs> the whole way down the damn <laughs> stairs. People falling, always funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Always funny. It is. So I don't know what that has to do. How the hell we got there from? Because you didn't want to be sad. Driving into the sun. You don't want to be sad on your way to afternoon shift, high on mushrooms, and thinking you saw a UFO. Was it? So how about you over there, hipster? Let's hear your story. I won't even tell it on your Honolulu because you know what's going to happen. He's going to say you were drunk or this, that, and the other. So you well, were just chances are he was drunk. That's a good chance. See, he was drunk. However, I did go ghost hunting drunk one time. Did you find it? Oh, that a, could be another good story. I got a ghost story. But cool. so I'm gonna write down ghost stories for next week. Oh Mariah! Oh god. I just knocked her over. So I was Are we done yet? Almost. Okay. I, I was leaving work. Leaving work. Okay. Just just got done at the salt mine. That's mm. that's not true. I was actually at uh, the shopping mecca. After a long hard shift of being a security guard. Oh, so this was recent then. 
No, this was this was uh, my first tour of duty. This was back in like. Would you like to be a security guard at the asylum studios? <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. We could use one. <laughs> I wouldn't let myself in. Um, so I'm leaving work, and then we could hire a competent producer, but we wouldn't have to feel bad about throwing them completely. Yeah, out. I like. And where the, you could still get beer. I like where this is going. <laughs> so Just picture him standing over in the corner of the studio like this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can get Frank to do that. Well, I don't want to bring Frank back. <laughs> so leaving, going towards the giant eagle. Okay. That's where I bought all the uh, tater tots, for those of you yeah, wondering. It nice. all came full circle. Look at that. It was like it was planned or something. Yeah. And um, back a ways to the hillside behind it, mm-hmm. I noticed blinking lights. I'm like, oh, it's nothing. It's, it's just cops. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Just a, like a radio tower or something like that. And as I'm going, I notice that there's three distinct lights in a triangular pattern. I'm like, well, that's odd. And they start flashing a little bit different. So I stop my car. It's night. Forgot to mention that. What time of year was this? Um, I'm developing a theory in my head. Like fall-ish. I was, it wasn't cold. So it was like late summer, early fall. Okay. I think I've solved this already, but please finish your story. I was going to say the winter beers weren't out yet, so I wasn't like fully tanked. Pumpkin spice beer. <laughs> yes. So um, it it's like kind of wavering side to side. I'm like, okay, radio towers don't do that. Cell phone towers don't do that. And the lights, there's three red lights, like I said, triangular pattern, blinking oddly and then all of a sudden there's like a stream of lights from like front red light to back left red light and like going in this triangular pattern I'm like what the fudge ripple so apologies for the salty language there but you can, he was clearly affected yeah, yeah. by this I obviously it's not as good as black raspberry <laughs> I mean yeah fudge ripple is just not that great of a flavor no I don't it's, love it I mean it's not awful but nah. it's just that's why I referenced it blah so I get out my cell phone. I call my buddy who is big into like conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, let's aliens. call that guy. He'll be a rational voice in all of this. Of course I he said, will. Well, can uh, we get him on the show? Yeah, we can go probably. looking for um, looking for Wait, aliens or ghosts or something. No, that's a good point. So you have a wacko conspiracy theorist friend. Yeah, yeah. We've got to get him on the air. So I call him. I'm like, hey, is he sensitive? Because I'm going to insult him. No. no. Okay. <laughs> no, but he might skin you upside down. Well, I don't want him in studio. Okay. We well, haven't hired security yet. <laughs> yeah, like, and we don't trust you. And I'm going to insult him. I call him and I'm like, this is going to sound weird, um, but this is what I'm seeing. And he's like, wow, that's awesome. I'm glad you called me. I'm like, well, just in case I go missing, this is what happened to me. And I continue driving, going back to school at that point. And all of a sudden, my lights flicker, my cell phone cuts out, and the triangle disappears. Now, hold on. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. now, did, why don't you ask him what you asked me? So, well, no, I know he was drunk. I don't no, care if ask him what you asked me. What I forget what I asked Where to go? <laughs> That's a, you, got, you, you two got all snitty when I asked that last time, so well, I guess I can't ask it again. All right, here's what he really saw. The direction he was pointed, 
So there's the, the shopping center. There's the grocery store where I bought the tater tots. Yep. And then right behind that is the township building. Correct. They were working on a salt truck. He saw three mm -hmm. lights. They were tail lights. That's what this drunken buffoon saw. The the township building that's below the grocery store. Right. And I am above it. Looking down on it. No. What? I wasn't looking down on it. It was reflecting. And you mean up. looking down on it like as... Yes. Came from his stone high horse. Him. Yeah, it, was, it was beneath him, <laughs> the, the, clearly. The UFO was below the pavement. I was looking <laughs> down upon it. Yes. So let's Makes say sense. Makes I sense. choose to believe this was a an aircraft from another galaxy. All right. Ooh, okay, galaxy. Let's say I choose to believe that. I'm going to choose to believe that. I have chosen. But the next leap you're asking me to thank you. The next leap you're asking me to take is apparently it was just spinning around, hanging out behind the Clearview Mall because it was lacking in power. And fortunately, then you got in your whatever hoopty of a vehicle you were driving at that time. It essentially zapped the power out of your vehicle so it could poof, zoom away and get back to their other galaxy. Actually, now that he says that, that makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. They were probably looking for specials at the mall. Yeah, it's got they were in Spencer's <laughs> buying. Could have been. Buying Miley Cyrus t-shirts and sex toys. Well, you know, like that Heaven's Gate cult where they all killed themselves. They all had the, the change on their nightstands because when they were going to be picked up by the aliens in the comet, the aliens had vending machines on their spaceship, and yet they had <laughs> didn't, to have. Didn't know that was you part of the story. That. No, what was in the vending machine? Well, food for them. How did they know how much it cost? Well, look, this guy just knew. Oh, that's I true. mean, you know, yeah. you, you just follow this guy he, right. because he knows everything. Here's a story before we I go. I thought we were leaving. <clears throat> are we done we with? Go. Are we done with his mushroomed hallucinations? You, you, didn't, you didn't believe it anymore, mine. So there you it have was it. A salt truck. The PGA of America apologizes to Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka for mob of fans at PGA Championship. Why don't you just start shooting yourself in the head when things are finally starting to get good? <laughs> well, that's what they do. You know what? I, I haven't understood. Stood? Stood, yeah. I, I just spit all over that one. <laughs> Have not understood. I'm not even sure if that's correct grammar. That narrative was around all day yesterday and even a little bit Sunday night about kind of how out of control that crowd was, the way they in Brooks was bitching about it. I'm thinking back to Tiger at Augusta in 19 in, in any kind of major exciting event. I feel like, now maybe there was things obviously I didn't see, but as it was, as it looked on TV, it looked like what happens when a big-time star, Tiger or Phil, is about to win a major. It didn't look that out of the ordinary to me, but there must be something I didn't see. No, you know what it is? It's 2021, Rick. Well, that could be. I mean, look, I, next week I'm going to bring, and or, or I'll pull it up, an old film of some U.S. Open or something of Arnie's Army. And look, I mean, this Did they ever fight Franco's Italian Army? No. That would have been a good fight. That would have. I'd like to see that. But they'd all been on the same team anyway. But anyway, right. listen to this statement by um, C PGA of America CEO Seth Waugh. 
Quoting him, while we welcome fan engagement, we regret that a moment of high elation and pent-up emotion by spectators in the 18th hole during the conclusion of yesterday's historic PGA Championship briefly overwhelmed security and made two players and their caddies feel vulnerable. Waugh said in a statement on Monday night, we always put player safety at the top of our list and are grateful that order was restored. I have spoken to both players and apologize on behalf of the association. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. That is pathetic. <laughs> I, I, what Be- happened? Because that block of wood got a little <laughs> dinged up knee because he's such a baby, you know. And he doesn't even like another player walking behind well, him when yeah. he's being spoken to. I, give me a break. I mean, they're finally starting to be engaged. They're finally – this was – I mean, seriously, it was a historic major championship. Right. Oh, yeah. My God. Why does everything have to be spun negatively? Yeah, it's what they do. It's not like when they storm the course in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, now that – that you could apologize for, but yeah, that that that's been around. I, I don't know if it was just Kepka bitching about it, or or I, I don't know. That 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 that's weird. All right, let's get out of here. And just no, just to oh. prove you, as I shed, said last week, now only two of them came out because I was in a hurry. I almost forgot. Okay, but this is proof that I paint. Oh, I forgot about yeah the artiste. So you painted that? Yes. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. There's only one other one. Oh. I had three hanging on the wall. One Oops. was messed up. I had my thumb over the thing or whatever. Ooh, I was in a hurry. Now I do see the other one. Who knew? Rick Briggs, Renaissance man. <laughs> yes. Vincent Van Gogh. Would you paint me? Well, that's easy. <laughs> I know where this one's going. <laughs> Just paint a square and put a face on. That's oh. <laughs> not far. That, that's not where I thought you were going to yeah. go. But uh, I would never do that on the air. Oh, why not? They can't see it. That's true. Yeah. We could do a show where I sit here and I pose and you paint me and we'll do the show. And I can commentate like Bob Ross. Yeah. And I can take my pants off. <laughs> be kind. Woo. <laughs> That's where you need video because that was funny, right? There. No, that and was I think not that funny. is the perfect. That was way to disgusting, end this show. and and just not a way. Andy Franklin was right, you know. Don't bring the children because this guy is disgusting. That's hurtful. Thank you. I'm making the funny. Are we getting Get out of here? Let's oh go. yeah. So, thank you so much for joining us here on Chaos and Disorder. We'll be back next week with more fun and more thrills. In the meantime. You can keep up with the show at, I almost said at Asylum Football. That doesn't exist anymore. I was trying to be too perfect. At Chaos and Disorder on Chaos and Disorder on, I give up. It's over. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs> I completely melted down there. <laughs> Band camp. I don't know. What is for dinner tonight? It smelled delicious. I don't know. It doesn't smell bad up there. I know. It was terrible. I was getting mouth-watering, just like sidetracked the whole time.
Don't say mouth-watering. That's gross. Why? Because I'm hungry? My God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you gross me out. Oh, yeah. Like, you're a real arrow flint in your own. Right? Wait till you find out when you paint me. Let me be if your that's canvas. what I'm painting, I don't need much paint. <laughs> that's hurtful. That's, that is, that's hurtful. <laughs> I hate when he does this. The outro music's still playing. We're still sticking it up. And he's gone. I'm done. Did you watch any more of those uh, A&E biographies? Is it A&E? All the Ultimate Warrior one. Did you get to see that one? Yeah. We got to talk about that next week. I am going to do my best to watch that one. Yes, watch it. Excellent. Well, until then, hasta luego. Bye, horse. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.